0: What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for September 28th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. Obviously, Obviously, my partner in crime is not here, man. He's going to be pulling one of them John Cena returns, man, after tearing a peck and comes back after two and a half months. Jesse, hopefully, hopefully we'll be back soon. We wish him nothing but the best. We know he's tuning in either tonight or tomorrow. We know he's watching, but uh, everybody in the OTS venue, man, show your love for Jesse. Hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Hopefully he's back doing what he does on his channel next week, and he's back next week for the anniversary show, which would be great. Hopefully he's back on the show next week. But I'm flying solo, obviously, tonight for the Dynamite post. AW Dynamite, man. I've said it. I've been very vocal on social media. uh, Sometimes too vocal where uh, people uh, reach into my DMs and they're not really all that pleased with my opinion. But it is my opinion. It is my show. And uh, I do what I want. But Dynamite. I've largely been fine with. I honestly think Dynamite's had some of their best shows all year for the last four weeks or so. They've been riding high. The ratings have shown. And I thought Grand Slam was a tremendous show on Wednesday. I think AEW has really knocked it out of the park as far as flow and presentation and making things feel important. Kind of moving on away from CM Punk and everything that happened at All Out. Tony Khan has done a fantastic job at really making the show feel like it was two years ago, even way back to the start. It feels very much like what we got when we first started watching AEW. Tonight was a little bare bones, a little too bare bones for my liking, but there is a reason. We have Hurricane Ian and shout-out to everybody in Florida. Uh, if there are any OTS VIPs, whether you are in the direct path of the hurricane or in Florida in general, I want to give my love, thoughts, and prayers to the entire state of Florida, man. Uh, that's a shit situation that you guys are going through right now. Hopefully, everybody is safe. I know Grim was going through a, uh, a very stressful situation with his son. Shout-out to Hula Grim One the mods in the chat. We love Grim here. His son was... Uh, Supposed to be in Florida, from what I gather, on Twitter. And uh, his son actually made it to Atlanta and away from the hurricane. So uh, we are happy to hear that. And uh, I love everybody from Florida, man. Make sure you guys uh, send your thoughts and prayers to anybody, friends, family, loved ones in Florida. Hopefully, uh, when this thing is over, it's uh, God willing, man. Hopefully, it's not as bad as everybody is saying it is down there. It was a little bare bones tonight. Hurricane obviously taking a toll on the roster. Most of the roster, I'm assuming, is in the greater Florida region. So Dynamite felt a little lacking tonight. And I'm not going to zing them on the, you know, lack of a Miro and a lack of a, of a Wardlow again. And, you know, it, it felt like a bare bones show. But what Tony Khan did tonight is really, really give us a dynamite. And, and I don't mean this in a negative way. You know, everybody. Everybody takes WWE and their production to be the gold standard in the industry. When you watch Monday Night Raw, it feels like everything just cohesively flows one after the other. Uh, no shows are ever perfect. I'm not saying what Triple H is doing is perfect because it's fucking not. It's not anywhere close to being perfect. There are problems still there, but just the overall organized feel of the show. I felt like Dynamite tonight was. Very reminiscent of a WWE show. Everything just fucking flowed, you know? And I've been mentioning this a lot lately. You know, everybody feels like Dynamite's rushed. It feels like, uh, you know, you hopped, on, you, you hopped up on fucking speed, right? But Dynamite tonight, they, they gave you video packages before the John Moxley and, and Juice Robinson match. Holy shit. You know, Juice Robinson doesn't wrestle for AEW. We got a fucking throwback to John Moxley and... Juice Robinson in New Japan Wrestling. It's great. It's exactly what I want to see. Give me a reason to care. Why is the match happening? Tell me. They told me. I can't say anything negative about that. I love it. Right? Then we got a throwback to a couple of weeks ago. Why is Deeb and Tony Storm in a championship match? Serena Deeb pinned Tony Storm, no matter how much I did not like it. You know, she got rewarded with a championship match. They gave us the clip from two weeks ago. Yes, it makes sense. It makes sense. And then obviously Jericho and Bandito for the Ring of Honor world title. I can sit here and bitch and moan to Tony Khan about me not wanting to see Ring of Honor, you know, titles, main event over the AEW title and Ring of Honor titles. Where the fuck is Wardlow in the TNT title? But, you know, this is not, any old, you know, little rinky-dink Ring of Honor championship run. This is the Ocho. This is Chris Jericho now. A lot of people are still up in arms. Oh, why, why did Tony Khan give Chris Jericho the the Ring of Honor World Championship? Blah, 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 blah. I think this sucks. Blah, 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 blah. I think it's fucking great. I think it's fantastic. I don't, I don't know what the fuck you want out of Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor, to me, was really nothing. You know, Ring of Honor wasn't doing much of anything. You want me to give a shit about Ring of Honor? You're going to put the fucking title on somebody that everybody, including me, gives a shit about, and that's Chris Jericho. And what he's doing right now, I'm already in love with it because Jericho is just fucking great at everything he does, really. I mean, you talk about a transcending talent. Every single thing he does, man, he looks to be innovative and looks to create and looks to keep you talking about what he's doing, and he he's going to make everything he does memorable. He's doing that now with the Ring of Honor Championship. What he said at the end of the show got me excited about his title reign. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth when we talk about Chris Jericho because he opened the show. Chris Jericho being the Ring of Honor Champion, you may not like it, but I don't give a shit what you like or don't like. This makes sense. This was a genius decision by Tony Khan to put the Ring of Honor Championship on Chris Jericho. He did the same thing when... You know, everybody bitched him, oh, well, why didn't you make Adam Page the world champion (laughs) when he he wrestled Chris Jericho, right? When they were crowning a first ever champion, you don't put your fucking first ever championship title on Adam Hangman Page, who like fucking half of the audience don't even know. You're going to put it on Chris Jericho and he's going to make that belt important and he's going to build the title up so that when somebody takes the title off of him, it's going to mean something, and that man, whoever that is, is going to be made. I don't understand your logic. This is a brilliant idea. You know, Tony Khan, no matter how many times we want to kind of criticize what he's done here and there, you know, when he makes those decisions, those really, really great decisions, he looks like a fucking genius. So I can't say anything but positive things about Chris Jericho, Owning the Ring of Honor Championship. We're going to talk about that as well on tonight's show. He went one on one with Bandito, and what a banger match. I mean, Bandito's fucking incredible, man. I love Bandito. Bandito was so good. So he put on a banger with Bandito. Daniel Garcia obviously is interjected into the storyline. Brian Danielson is still interjected into the storyline. Where is it going? We'll talk about that tonight. Soraya. She showed up on Dynamite after making her debut on last week's Dynamite Grand Slam. She didn't really do much of anything last week. She didn't say anything. She came out with that banger of a theme song. And she looked at everybody and said that AEW now is her house. And she came out tonight and really didn't say much of anything. But I do get a sense that she will be change and difference in the division that it certainly needs. But how much change? How much of a difference is Soraya going to be in the AEW women's division? Her presence is going to be changed. I already feel change. We already seen change tonight. The women got a 10-minute in-ring segment with her leading the charge on the microphone. And then we got another 10-minute match with Tony Storm and Serena Deeb. We are already seeing change in the AEW women's division. They got 20-plus minutes tonight. Now, how much of that has to do with the fact that Tony Khan couldn't overload his shows like he usually does, I don't know. But we saw change at least tonight. We got 20-plus minutes for the AEW women's division, whereas sometimes they don't even get fucking nine, ten minutes in a single week. They got double that tonight. Change. You talk about change happening on Monday and Friday, we're seeing change on AEW television with the women's division already in week two with Soraya being on the roster. But how much change is there going to be if she is not cleared to wrestle? And I don't really get a sense that she's cleared to wrestle for AEW, at least right now. We're going to be waiting a little bit, I feel, for her to get back into in-ring shape. So we will talk about that as well on tonight's show. And then Sean Moxley and Juice Robinson, world title, Eliminator match. Obviously, the story is MJF. First, he's got to go through Adam Page. But MJF is going to keep a close eye on everything that's going on. We will talk about all that tonight and more on the the off-the-script AEW Dynamite post-show. It is September 28th, man. I don't believe it's already going into October. We are already in October, man. October's great. October's great. We got the best time of the year for craft beer. If you don't believe me, if you don't uh, agree with me, I don't really give a shit, man. October... November, December, the holiday season is the best time to drink craft beer. I love October, man. Already going into October. The weather is getting a little chilly. You can sleep with the window open, pull the air conditioner out of your windows, right? The crickets are still going before they all fucking croak. It's great. It's great. And along with October going and going into the fall, man, we got no more OTS beer garden. That was the point I was trying to make. No more OTS Beer Garden, man. The Beer Garden is uh, going away. So we got the last week, this week, tonight and Friday, and that's it. The Beer Garden is going away until at least the start of the baseball season next year. Which, by the way, let me see. if The the Braves lose to the Nationals because I know they were on the verge of losing. Let me me check. Uh, I know the Mets were losing to the Marlins. Of course they lost. Fucking assholes, man. Jesus fucking Christ. God! Anyway, the beer garden's going away. We're going to be back in the OTS venue, man. The dark, dingy, Gotham like OTS venue. Love the venue. I may have a surprise or two. I don't know. Gotta hit my boys over at Deviate Designs, man. But uh, yeah, that's coming this week. And yeah. Should be cool couple other news and notes, man. Uh, A, I will be a special guest with Don Tony. I don't know if you guys heard this, man. I will be on Don Tony's show. And I will be a guest on his Forbidden Door podcast, where he brings on YouTube content creators and other podcasters in the IWC to have a drink or three and bullshit and talk wrestling. That is slated for November 3rd at 8 p.m. Thursday. And it's going to be great. Just got the official word. So I will let you guys know what's going on with that and keep you informed. I I want the biggest crowd that Don Tony has ever pulled in for that show. And I know you guys can do it. So that's November 3rd, 8 p.m. Anything changes, I will let you guys know. Also, by the looks of it right now, unless things change, and they very well could, but at the look of it right now, I will be at New York City Comic Con on Thursday. I have a press badge. I will be there roaming around. So if you guys see me, come up and say hello. I don't know if they uh, serve any alcoholic beverages there, but... uh, I don't remember. I went to one Comic-Con. I don't know if you could drink at Comic-Con. I don't think so. It'd be pretty fucking, uh, pretty crazy if people were uh, roving around drunk there, man. But um, listen, if you see me come and say hello, snap a picture, post it on uh, Twitter, it should be cool. Follow me on social media, at J.D. from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Everything you need is linked down below. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We just hit 600 VIPs on the channel. I want to get 700. I want to get 700. So if you guys have not subscribed and not joined, I'm going to need you to do that. Make sure you guys join the channel. Become a VIP. We got new shit coming. It's going to be worth your time. So hit that join button and become a channel member right here on OTS. Uploaded a extra today where we talked about Bobby Fish and him denying the rumors that he asked Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly to ask out of their AEW contracts. We got an update on Buddy Matthews and that story revolving around him. New WWE title changes coming, meaning new title designs, changes to Monday night and Friday night. That's Raw and SmackDown. Big changes for those shows. you want to go check that out, it's live on the homepage right now, so go and check that out if you missed it. And tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped, manscaped.com. And it it's code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. So make sure you guys go and hit up Manscaped for all your grooming needs, man. Manscaped.com. That is Script 20 at checkout. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring Off the Script. AW Dynamite, man, let's start off at the top. We start off with the Jericho Appreciation Society. I largely enjoyed this segment. Some people will say, well, it wasn't a big deal, man. Why are you complaining about something so minuscule? The Jericho Appreciation Society made their way out to the ring. Obviously, Judas was playing. Everybody was having a good time. They were all dressed in uh, velvet purple pants and vests as Jericho showed off the Ring of Honor title around his waist. So we get into the ring, and Angela Parker of 2.0, he's on the mic. He says, AW Galaxy, appreciate us. Obviously all spoofing and making fun of WWE's universe and the bloodline saying, acknowledge me. Roman Reigns saying, acknowledge me. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much what that is. Parker then said, Philadelphia is the city of losers. I would have to agree. Philadelphia is a shithole. I love all my fans from Philly, but your city is a shithole. I'm sorry. They got some decent places to drink, though. I will say that. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, we see, uh, it's-a me, Luigi. Luigi Primo. Luigi fucking Primo is back for a second week in AEW, and he's there standing behind the JAS tossing a fucking pizza dough. Matt Menard is there, said he will put the call in for Luigi, or he put the call in for Luigi. Listen, Daddy Magic, bro, listen. I, I love you, man. I love you, man. But I'm going to need you to get rid of this guy's number. Luigi Primo. He then gets microphone time. This guy actually gets fucking microphone time on Dynamite. Luigi said he brought the pizza in from a New York City. It's me, Mario. Philly obviously booed. Apparently they think they got better pizza than New York. I don't know what the fuck these people in Philadelphia are on, but they booed. I would boo him too. Get him off the fucking show. Why is this guy here? Why? He looks like a fucking joke. Oh, but it's supposed to be funny. It's not funny to me. I don't think AEW needs this type of comedy on their show. I'm sorry. They can do comedy in... Any which way that they want. Bringing in somebody like fucking, it's me, Mario. No. No, we don't need him here. Get him out. Get him out. All of a sudden, Anna Jay, after the fans are booing him, Luigi, Anna Jay says they don't or or won't get any pizza. You want pizza? No, you're not going to get any pizza. No. She then introduced Chris Jericho. Then she starts berating the fans, saying that she's going to choke them out if they don't shut up. I, I mean, listen, I, I think Anna Jay is a beautiful woman. And Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, is a very lucky human being. But just like Wheeler Yuta, I, I'm going to have to ask everybody to get her out. I don't think we need Anna Jay on the microphone, okay? No more Anna Jay, no more Luigi, I hope Bowser comes and destroys his Mushroom Kingdom somewhere. Everybody but Toad, because we love Toad. Toad is a beast, okay? We love some Toad, okay? And I'm going to need Ludwig von Koopa and the rest of the Cooper brothers to just come on in and get this guy out of here, please. Get him out. Jericho asks if they want pizza. No, they can't have any he said what they can have is the most important Ring of Honor champion of all time. He says he's the most honorable and the most viewed champion of all time. He said more people have seen him in the last week than saw all the other Ring of Honor champions combined. He says, and I quote, because no one knows about Ring of Honor. Really? Nobody knows about Ring of Honor. I seemingly get a Ring of Honor championship match every fucking week, but nobody knows about Ring of Honor. Nobody knows about Ring of Honor, but it's on my TV every Wednesday, and we are without a Miro, and we are without a Brody King, and we are without a Wardlow, right? But nobody knows what Ring of Honor is, says Chris Jericho. I'm thus. I don't know what to say about that. I think we need to see less of Ring of Honor and more of those other things that I just mentioned Then maybe, maybe this statement would ring true. He said, this is the ring of Jericho now. It's got a nice ring to it. He said he'll begin his reign defending against Bandito because he never got the rematch that he deserved. There you go. Everybody's, oh, why is he he defending against Bandito? There you go. He just gave you the reason. Bandito never got a rematch. Apparently, they get rematches in Ring of Honor. not going to question anything. You're going to question Chris Jericho? I don't think so. He says... He will blow their mind, but he's a pro wrestler. And sports entertainers beat pro wrestlers every single time. Jericho then pointed at Daniel Garcia and touted that he's the Ring of Honor pure champion. Jericho says they've had their miscommunications and issues, but he's amazing. He handed him a black box and a gift. He got Danny Garcia a gift. He opened up the gift, and it was a bucket hat like he's going to the beach. A purple bucket hat. Fans are chanting, you're a wrestler at Danny Garcia. Garcia put the hat, or actually Jericho put the hat on Garcia and Danny Garcia, you couldn't even see his eyes. He takes the hat off and he throws the hat on the ground. Jericho is shocked. He then does the best thing that I saw all night. You, you want to talk about Jericho and Bandito having a banger and John Moxley and MJF cutting a promo on Wheel of Utah. All great things. The best thing that happened on the show to me, in my honest opinion, was Danny Garcia knocking out, it's me, Mario. He knocked him out. He knocked out Mr. Primo, Luigi Primo. Good. Get him out. He just laid there. He just laid there, man. Garcia said, enough is enough. He says, this is never what he envisioned himself doing when he got into the business. But he's tolerated it long enough. Garcia told Jericho, he's wanted to get something off his chest for a very long time. Chris, I think it's time for me to dot, 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 dot. Jericho put his hand over the microphone. Jericho took the mic and said, listen, I'm going to really need you to think about what you're going to tell me next. He says, if he makes the wrong decision, he'll have to take him out. He says, he's going to ask him if he's a sports entertainer. Fans booed or a pro wrestler, fans cheered. Fans are chanting once again, you're a wrestler. As they stare at each other, all of a sudden, Brian Danielson comes down, his music plays, he gets into the ring. Brian gets in the ring and tells Jericho that it seemed to him like he's trying to tell Daniel Garcia what to be, what to do. Danielson says he has an infinite amount of respect for him and he's a grown man so he can do what he wants wants and say what he wants. He says if he wants to stay with the JAS, he can. If he wants to join the Blackpool Combat Club, he can. Fans erupted at that thought. Jericho told Brian to shut his mouth. He's sick and tired of Brian trying to poach Daniel Garcia away from the JAS. He said he tells Daniel Garcia what to do. Garcia then grabbed the microphone and said, I want to make it clear to you that I don't belong to you and I don't have to listen to anything you tell me to do, he tells Jericho. Garcia said they're supposed to be entertaining. And then he goes on this, this rant. What if I throw these pizzas down that Luigi brought in from New York? Is that entertaining? He takes a pizza, he throws it over the fucking ring ropes and onto the concrete. He then asks, would you guys find me and Danielson as a tag team entertaining?" What if I team up with Justin Roberts in a tag team? Would that be entertaining? So then he gets in Jericho's face and says it would be even more entertaining if he and Danielson team up against Jericho and bitch boy Sammy Guevara. Matt Menard then gets in Danny Garcia's face and yells. And I love Menard. He's got a great promo, Menard. He gets in Garcia's face and says he's sick of Danny Garcia shit. He says he's turning his back on them for this, and he points to Brian, this piece of shit. He told Danielson that he wants to punch him in the face right now. Danielson says he was told before I came out here, he says, I was told that I can have a match against anybody who wants to fight me. Menard seems like he wanted to fight. He seems like you want to you fight me. You want to punch me in the face? You want to have a fight? Let's do it right now. And we get a Matt Menard. Daniel Garcia, uh, well, not Daniel Garcia, uh, Brian Danielson and Matt Menard match, and Daniel Garcia is the center of all of this. The whole thing revolved around Daniel Garcia, and again, the tug of war between Jericho, Brian, for the rights of Daniel Garcia. I think, outside the Luigi Primo nonsense, this was a solid segment. I thought this was great. I think the Daniel Garcia and Chris Jericho storyline, as far as what we are getting as far as the story is concerned, it is great long-term booking. It is great LTB. And Tony Khan should be very pleased with what is going on here. Fans are into it. Uh, I think the overall feeling about the storyline is great. I think people are getting a sense as to where this is going, and I think people are on board with it, which will bring me to my next point. A lot of people did not understand, and I said this on Wednesday when he beat Claudio for the title last week. Everybody that's here probably watched that post show, and I'm going to repeat myself again, just in case the fucking geeks in the back did not hear me. Jericho beat Claudio. Everybody asked why.
1: I have no problem with him beating Claudio. There's no I in team, but there is one in indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast.
0: Okay. I'm going to put a little asterisk next to number 3, which uh which is why I love this decision. L- let's start with that number 3. Claudio's no longer the Ring of Honor World Champion. Okay? Where would you rather have Claudio holding a nothing championship for a brand that doesn't have a TV deal, right? Or would you rather him be on AEW Dynamite doing AEW things and wrestling AEW superstars? and possibly winning AEW championships. Yeah, it was great for Claudio to come on in and win a world championship, his first world championship ever, right? He did it. He accomplished that. Could have been better, but he accomplished it. And now he's on AEW side, and it's a better thing for him to be with AEW than Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's going nowhere until Tony Khan says so. So that, to me, is a huge positive. That is a huge positive. Now let's get back to the reason why Chris Jericho won the championship. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't I don't like it. Why does he need the Ring of Honor championship? Are you going to question one of the greatest innovators in the history of the business? Why he's the Ring of Honor champion? You're going to question Tony Khan on why he gave Chris Jericho the Ring of Honor championship. Chris Jericho being the Ring of Honor championship means, A, that Tony Khan may be, now I don't know, I don't have any inside sources or anything, I just usually use my instinct on everything that I talk about. Tony Khan may be nearing a deal with Warner Media to get Ring of Honor, a TV deal, and weekly television. Who would you want if you're Warner Media or if you're Tony Khan who bought Ring of Honor? Who do you want as your world champion? Do you want Claudio? I have no, no ill will or any negativity towards Claudio. Claudio is fucking great. We all love Claudio. But at the end of the day, who do you want as your world champion if you're nearing a TV deal or in discussions for a TV deal with Warner Media? You want somebody who is basically one of the greatest in this industry ever as your world champion, Chris Jericho. If you had a gun to my head, I'm choosing Chris Jericho, 10 bullets out of 10, no doubt about it. So that is a great move by Tony Khan for Ring of Honor. And he did the same thing, which brings me to my second point. A lot of people always, still to this day, complain. Oh, I don't know why they didn't give it to Adam Page when Chris Jericho and Adam Page were wrestling over the first ever AEW World Championship. This is a start-up promotion by a multi-multi-billionaire with most of a roster that's coming over from the indies mixed with the John Moxley and the elite and the popularity that they brought over from New Japan and Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. I don't understand why people are still making Jericho a world champion an issue in 2022. There are far bigger things to be complaining about. He did the same thing three years ago. He made Jericho the first ever AEW world champion. And look at where it got the world championship. When Moxley beat Jericho, Moxley was better off for it. Right? When Kenny Omega was the world champion, he was better off for it. And the title was better off for it with Moxley- And Kenny Omega, when Adam Page beats Kenny Omega, Adam Page at that point was bigger than he could have possibly imagined. I don't understand why you're complaining about Adam Page not beating Jericho and then looking at what he was after he beat Kenny Omega, why it is even a fucking topic of discussion. Jericho is the guy. He is as valuable as ever. He is a guy that is going to bring instant legitimacy to anything he puts his name to because his name value has held up for the last 25 years. Plus, you cannot go wrong with Chris Jericho. It's like going into a fucking restaurant even after new ownership and they change the fucking recipes. The one recipe that remains a constant that will not go anywhere is the signature dish for said restaurant, and that is Chris Jericho. Seriously, never, ever, ever come to me with a complaint about why Chris Jericho is anything. World champion, TV time, this, that, or the other thing. I, I don't want to hear it. Jericho being the Ring of Honor champion is a brilliant move. And it's one for Tony Khan that's going to work out if he is, in fact, in TV rights negotiation deals or, or talks, conversations with Warner Media for a Ring of Honor television show, which would be a great thing because I can't wait to pack Ring of Honor's bags and get their own fucking house and have them start paying their own fucking mortgage. I'm tired of them renting rooms at the AEW hotel. Get them out. Get them out. It's like I'm a fucking father looking at my sons who are well beyond expiration date for living at home. I can't wait for them to pack their fucking bags and get the fuck out. Seriously. Never complain about Jericho. This storyline is a great, a great look into long-term booking. Everybody's like, oh, man, why is Jericho the Ring of Honor world champion? What he did with Page and what he did with Moxley and everybody else that won that world championship for AEW, Jericho's going to do that for Daniel Garcia. When Daniel Garcia gets to the point in this storyline where he's got to wrestle Chris Jericho, it's going to be at a Ring of Honor show. It's going to be for the Ring of Honor world championship. It's going to be a big deal. And it's going to get Daniel Garcia to the next level. And Daniel Garcia is going to be not only the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club, but he's going to be the face of Ring of Honor. And that's going to happen when all of this negotiation with a TV rights deal is complete. Jericho will take that title into Ring of Honor and he will lay the foundation for Daniel Garcia and others to carry that brand moving forward. And it's going to be because of this storyline and long-term booking. It's one of the better stories on AEW television. I think this is fantastic. And the fact that Brian Danielson is involved and his name, you guys know what his name means to Ring of Honor. You can't go wrong here. You can't go wrong here. I think all of this is fantastic. Now, Brian Danielson wrestled Matt Menard, and this went about nine minutes. I mean, this was basic. I mean, it's great to see Brian Danielson in the ring at any point, so I can't complain. So, Regal's on commentary there, and, you know, he's, uh, you know, I love love William Regal on commentary. I think uh, he'd be a nice fit on commentary all the time. He's just a welcome change to what we usually see. So, Danielson, he controlled the match early. Menard took over on the outside. Menard controlled Danielson through a commercial break. Danielson comes back. He did a moonsault out of the corner. His signature flip over the turnbuckle there into the middle of the ring, hit the big charging knees in the corner. Kicks to the chest with the yes kicks. Uh, This was until Parker, Angela Parker, pulled Matt Menard outside to save him from the last kick. This led to Parker's distraction of Danielson, uh, and it was enough on the floor, and Menard crotched Danielson On the post, and Parker hit a DDT behind the referee's back. We go back inside. Danielson kicked out at two, and Claudio all of a sudden ran out. He hit the ring, took out Parker, put him on his shoulders, carried him to the back, and got him out of the match. No more interfering for Angelo Parker. Danielson ducked a lariat from uh, Daddy Magic, hit the Busyko knee, got the LaBelle lock on. That was it. Submission. He taps out Daddy Magic, and that was pretty much it. Next week, we get Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. So it should be great and a great continuation of the story here between Daniel Garcia, Daniel, uh, Danielson is going to be on the outside looking in here, right? And then Jericho, obviously the Ring of Honor champion, all setting up for Daniel Garcia's big moment. Now I would the only thing I would advise to me from me as a fan looking at this story I would not wait too long for Daniel Garcia to make a decision. I don't want to sit here, you know, 5 weeks from now and Daniel Garcia is still mulling over a decision. Does he want to be with the JAS or does he want to be with the Blackpool Combat Club? I don't know when the ring the next ring of honor pay-per-view is, but Even even if that is not an issue right now, I would not have Daniel Garcia wait several weeks additionally to make a decision. It seems like he knows what decision he wants to make. He should come out and say he wants to be away from Jericho and he wants to be with the Blackpool Combat Club. I would not wait too long on his decision for that. That's all I'll say. We got a video package, surprisingly. Surprisingly. I'd love to see more of this. It breaks, up and, uh, it breaks up the flow of the show, and it's a good way to break up the flow of the show. A video package airing a preview of John Moxley and Juice Robinson. This was narrated by Tony Schiavone. Robinson and Moxley have a little history dating back to New Japan. Robinson says he's hated Moxley for the last 10 years. He says if he wins tonight, he'll have a chance in Washington, D.C. at a shot for the AEW World title. We got MJF, a video package of MJF interrupting Wheeler Yuta, and the promo last week in Queens at Arthur Ashe Stadium. This also included MJF shoving Tony Schiavone down and hitting Yuta with the dynamite diamond ring, which everybody was all over MJF's case. You know, there's certain things in this company that you don't do. You don't interrupt Max Caster's rap, right? And you do not, you do not put your hands on Tony Schiavone. Now Tony Schiavone's got me blocked for whatever reason. I have no fucking clue why. But everybody still loves Tony Schiavone. That's something that you don't do. Yuda, all of a sudden, we have MJF about to speak. They said, yes, MJF's going to have a live microphone. He's going to be addressing the AEW Dynamite fans. Yuta, all of a sudden, marched out to the ring. He called out MJF for what he did to Shivani and himself last week. He says they have a real serious problem. I have a serious problem as well. Really, Yuta has a microphone. That is a problem in my eyes. He says he's been hit a lot harder by a lot better men than MJF hit him last week with the dynamite diamond ring. He said where he crossed the line is when he shoved Shivani who has done more for AEW than you ever will. He said he thinks actions should have consequences. He told him to fight him tonight in his city. So he said the likes of MJF likes to hide behind the pinnacle and the inner circle, and now he's got the firm to hide behind Stokely Hathaway and his goons. He says he likes to hide behind his fake ten and his suits, and this very microphone that I'm holding in my hand right now. He said, Max knows once that bell rings, that Max can't hang with him. He told him to come on out and address the wonderful fans in Philly. Maybe, maybe he can insult the local sports teams or call them uh, like, it's like watching paint dry being in Philadelphia, or I'm a pet rock or they can skip that bullshit and just get to the fight. Yuda is a likable guy. He really is. And I think everybody has taken to Yuda because of the way he's been built up and the character progression that we've seen him as he's molded into a fine fit for the Blackpool Combat Club. But Yuda, I would even say Tony Khan thinks so, I don't, which, which makes this all the more reason as bizarre as it is. Don't know why he sent him out there for a second week in a row to absolutely get fucking shredded by MJF on the microphone two weeks in a row. I have no fucking idea. Yuta's a likable guy, and everything that Yuta's done with the Blackpool Combat Club has been fantastic. Matches have been fucking great, banger after banger for Yuta. But I honestly think everybody here, and even the higher ups in AEW, they would agree that Yuta is very, rough on the microphone. I don't know why he is speaking on his own. This is why you have William Regal. This is why you have William Regal. Yoda should not be speaking. William Regal is the spokesman for the Blackpool Combat Club. If he's that bad and he's that rough on the microphone, I, I don't know why we are not getting somebody else in there to make him look good because If Yuda is speaking for himself against someone like MJF, he's never going to win that, and he's going to look inferior every single time out there. This is why MJF called Yuda mid on Twitter after the whole segment was over. I mean, there's no lies detected there. So MJF comes out. He walked out and asked everyone to give a hand to Philly's own Wheeler Yuda. He said, Philly is the place you live if you can't afford to live in New York. Even if you can't afford to live in New York, I ain't going to Philly, man. I'm not going to Philly at all. He looked over at Shivani and asked how his body is holding up. He called him a fat old prick and a coward. He's a coward just like everyone in this podunk arena. He said he and Yuta practically grew up in the business and have been wrestling each other for years on the indie scene, trying to make a name for themselves. He said Yuta is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he made a big mistake when he tried to go toe-to-toe with him on the microphone last week. He made a big mistake this week, too. He made a big mistake two weeks in a row. He said Daddy had to spank him some. MJF said Yuta claims he doesn't care about the company, but Yuta is the one who's taking time away from the biggest draw in AEW. He said, what makes it worse is Yuta is talking instead. I agree, Max. I agree. Fans began chanting, shut the fuck up. And if you, again, I say this all the time, if you are a heel and you're getting that type of chant, you've reached the pinnacle, no pun intended. He said, Yuta has as much charisma as Joe Frazier present day, By the way, Joe Frazier's dead. So he just compared of Uta to a dead man. The charisma of a dead man. The charisma of a corpse. You gotta love MJF, man. He's got a special way with words. He said the Phillies are also dead in the water and will never win a World Series. Again, I I actually legit laughed my ass off at that. He said there's more of that local sports team talk, but he doesn't give a shit. He was bleeped. Shit was bleeped. So clearly, you know, AEW is really taking it very cautious to keep Warner Media very happy. They don't want to cause any problems. So they bleeped out shit. So he goes on to say that he makes more money than anyone in the arena. He says he's a multimillionaire at the young age of 26. Will really, you got Upset and interrupted and said he doesn't care about his money or his scarf. He just wants to leave him in a pool of his own blood on Broad Street. Fans are chanting, Uda, Yuda. He said bad things happen in Philadelphia, and tonight there is no exception. As Yuda began making his way towards MJF up the ramp, Austin and Colton Gunn joined MJF, stood side by side with him on the stage. MJF says he doesn't do brawls, but he wrestles. He teased the green to match against him tonight. And then he says, No, I'm not giving you that match. I LOL. Because I knew he wasn't going to wrestle in Philadelphia. He said, Next week in D.C., it will happen. MJF said the fans don't deserve him to uh, say his catchphrase in front of all of them. He says, I'm not saying my catchphrase. I'm going up to the skybox to watch Moxley be a horrible pro wrestler. And I just might cash in my. Casino chip. He handed Austin the microphone and told him to say his catchphrase, which he did say, MJF is better than you, and you know it. This was a good segment. This was a fun segment. Uh, Yuda is really not good on the microphone, but I I can't really sit here and say MJF is a part of a bad segment because no matter how bad Yuda is, it, it, it still includes MJF. The segment still includes MJF, and MJF is never a bad segment, ever. So, I'll just leave it at that. Yuta does not belong yet with a microphone in his hand. Let's get William Regal out there to start conducting business for the Blackpool Combat Club. And I do hope that at some point in this this feud, that we get Regal and MJF going at it, promo to promo. And it definitely looks like MJF is starting low, starting with the bottom of the Blackpool Combat Club, and is going to work his way up. To the hierarchy of the Black Blue Combat Club. Looks like Yuda's gonna be biding his time with MJF, or I should say MJF's gonna be biding his time with Yuta until he gets to John Moxley and the AEW World Championship, which I have no problem with. MJF has delivered bangers against the likes of Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. So a match between MJF and Wheel of Yuta, is not going to be much different than any one of those guys. And we know MJF is fucking great at what he does, and it's going to be another banger. So I'm looking forward to it next week in D.C. we got a video airing on Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal with Satnam Singh talking about next week. It will be Darby Allin versus Jay Lethal in Washington, D.C. Darby said he'll remind everyone next week what he's capable of. He said it'll just be him against Lethal without... Satnam and Sanjay. After that, Lethal said he'll beat Darby alone, which seemed to upset Sanjay. Dot. Now, I have no problem with that. More Jay Lethal on my TV, please. You know he's obviously a, a part of the Ring of Honor, more so Ring of Honor than than AEW. But I like the fact that he's being used in AEW because he's so fucking good and. I don't know. Now, now you guys can chime in here. I, I don't know how you all feel, but I remember it was, what was the opening match of the first ever done? What was it? Kip Sabian and Cody Rhodes, right? If I'm not mistaken, I feel like, I feel like that with Cody Rhodes and what he did before AEW got started. They put him out there in the opening match. It felt like a pay-per-view match. Everybody was fucking hot and heavy. It was like 13,000, 14,000 people. It was a great match between Cody and Kip Sabian. I feel like Tony Khan may have had the same line of thinking with this. You got Jay Lethal, who's obviously, you know, great at what he does. It was Sammy Sammy and and Cody. I'm sorry. I thought it was Kip Sabian for some reason. Um, It was uh, Sammy and Cody. Uh, it was, uh, who was it? Kip and Sam? Who was it? No, it was Kip Sabian. It was Kip Sabian, right? Sammy and Cody? Now I got to look it up. Now I got to look it up. Sammy and Cody. Let me see. I got to look it up. First ever AEW dynamite match. What was it? It was Sammy Guevara. You guys are right. I saw, I'm sorry. I apologize. For some reason, I thought it was Kip Sabian. I don't know why. Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. Okay. I was wrong. I was wrong. So the point I was trying to make was, I feel like, I feel like Tony Khan may have been in the same line of thinking. Let's go back three years. What was the first match for AEW died? It was Cody and Sammy, right? No matter how good Cody was, he had that, that independent run, right? He's coming back and he's got, AEW on his shoulders. I feel like he's kind of trying to mirror that for some reason. Darby and Jay, I could see them opening the show next week. Darby Allen and Jay Lethal kind of mirroring what what Cody and Sammy Guevara did in that opening match. It it was a pay-per-view level match. So I look to that to be a great anniversary throwback to the first ever Dynamite. That's just me. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was Kip Sabian. I, I have no fucking idea. I don't know why I was thinking Kip Sabian. Moving on. John Moxley. Apparently, uh... <laughs> this is funny, man. This is funny. Um, I don't want to make any jokes because uh, they'll. The, I'm sure there are people. I, I'm sure there are people waiting. And, and I, I know Jess, Jesse would probably blank out his screen and go black. For uh, the comment that I could make for this, but Sean Moxley went one on one, and I had no idea—I had no idea—that Juice Robinson had this for a nickname. His nickname is Rock Hard. Juice Robinson. I listen. I I, I don't. Uh, I don't make shit up. I'm just telling you exactly what I heard tonight. Rock hard. Juice Robinson. I'm going to let your uh, imaginations run wild with that one. And please, please uh, get your mind out of the gutter. Okay, Get your mind out of the gutter. We all know who he's with. Get your mind out of the gutter. Rock hard. Juice Robinson. So Juice made his entrance. He really didn't get much of a crowd reaction, did uh, rock hard, Juice Robinson. So Excalibur mentioned this on commentary. He said that he's one of only two men to have two victories over Moxley since Moxley arrived in AEW. I like that statistic. I like that statistic, okay? I'm glad Excalibur's there to be the uh, analytical guy. Regal says he's known Juice since he was 21. He's 33 years old now. I guess all that time in NXT, you know, CJ Parker. Guarantee you William Regal knows a thing or two about CJ Parker, okay? Moxley made his entrance through the crowd, obviously. Typical Moxley entrance. Robinson, rock hard. Rock hard, Juice Robinson, uh, attacked John Moxley as soon as he stepped over the barricade to ringside. Moxley made a comeback. The match officially began. He tossed Juice into the ringside barricade, rolled into the ring, broke the ref's count. They showed MJF sitting in the luxury skybox up above with the casino chip, giving a thumbs-down gesture because he thinks Jon Moxley's a terrible wrestler. So, Juice was in control again. And Moxley put an end to that, caught Juice charging with a lariat out of the corner. He went for a death rider, but Juice escaped. Sent Moxley back out to the floor. He landed a cannonball against Moxley against the ringside barricade. We go to commercial. Juice was in control through the commercial. Moxley was bleeding, what else is new, from his forehead. Juice had uh, blood on his face as well, but I'm assuming that was Moxley's blood. And Taz, now I don't know if this is legit or not, I don't know what to believe anymore. Taz said Juice is a free agent. Now, I remember, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong two times in a row, man. It's very weird for me to be wrong two times in the same show. Correct me if I'm wrong, man. Didn't I read somewhere earlier in the year? I think it was Sports Illustrated did something on Juice. Didn't he sign a new contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling? Or did I mistake that for somebody else? Because Taz says he's a free agent, and people are already saying, oh, yeah, Tony Khan should sign Juice Robinson to AEW. I think we have enough talent in AEW, and I don't really think Juice would fit, but I don't think we need even more talent to come on it. Now, there are rumors that he may be leaving Japan. I, I have no idea, so we will see what happens. But he would be a good fit for AEW, but I don't think we need any more talent right now joining the ranks. But outside of all that, Robinson took a big running leap off the ring apron and flipped towards John Moxley. Moxley moved out of the way and Juice landed on a chair, which was rock hard, right? Chair was rock hard. Juice landed on the chair and uh, he had um, gotten back into the ring. Both guys were back in the ring. They collided. They clotheslined each other, doubled down. Moxley... Took Juice down with a... Oh, I'm sorry. They took uh, each other out with two clotheslines and then took Juice down with a third one. Scored a two count. He then applied an ankle lock. So Moxley applies an ankle lock. Moxley mounted and punched Juice in the corner. Juice reached up, started to rake at Moxley's cut. The cut that he's got on his face starts raking at the cut. He then power-bombed him off the top rope for a two count. Juice then climbs up to the top rope. Mox kicked him. Juice counted with a pulp friction... On your fall. Juice lifted Mox onto his shoulders. He delivered an airplane spin. Moxley slipped free, landed a big knee, goes for a cover, only gets a two. He went for the arm extension stumps, and then he followed with a cross arm breaker for the instant tap out. Moxley taps out. Rock Hog. Just want to make sure you guys are aware of his nickname. Rock Hog. Juice Robinson. There you go. Moxley wins in about 10 minutes. Decent little match, fun little match here. Um, I get why they did the match and Tony Khan had to go on social media and explain why the match happened. I don't mind that the match happened. I don't. But Juice didn't get any reaction. And it is very, very typical for that type of reaction to happen when we don't really know much about Juice Robinson, no matter how much you want to explain why the match is happening. The fans, they're just not going to care. They're just not going to care. But they care about John Moxley, and that's all that matters. John Moxley gets another victory, it shows why he is still the ace of AEW. Moxley was celebrating. Hangman comes out. He marched out with purpose. He's out there in the ring. And Excalibur said Hangman will be facing whomever the champion is in a few weeks. Um, I don't know why he said that, unless MJF is going to be cashing in on Moxley and winning the title. I mean, I don't know why he said that. But fans are chanting cowboy shit. They had a stare down, and Shivani said this is a big-time match. It will be a big-time match. Moxley dropped the belt. Hangman pulled his wallet out of his pants and dropped it. That was funny. And we're going to get a great match between these two in Cincinnati in a couple of weeks. Pretty predictable, but there's no one here that believes that Adam Page is going to beat John Moxley for the World Championship. It will be MJF versus John Moxley, whether it happens before full gear Or at Full Gear, it will be the world championship match. And MJF, no matter who the champion is, he will be winning that championship from John Moxley. So that's what's going to happen there. MJF, all of a sudden, during this segment, he's in the skybox. MJF interrupted with a hot microphone. He says that they're going to fight each other. And all it is, is them fighting just to see who loses to him. He said he's once... He's a once-in-a-generation talent, and he really puts an emphasis on once-in-a-generation or generational talent, is MJF. No lies detected there. Judah showed up behind him and attacked him, uh, attacked him, and this was in the skybox, so they had a brawl up top. He threw MJF over the couch in the skybox. He started grounding and pounding MJF. Security came to break it up, so... A little, uh, little action before we get to DC and before we get MJF and Will Uta in the ring next week on Dynamite. Cool stuff. Justin Roberts. He's in the ring and we get Soraya. Soraya is in AEW. She comes out and she's got that banger of a theme zombified by falling in reverse. It's a great fucking song, man. Uh, so good that I added it to my Spotify good shit playlist. And I don't really like that type of music, but man, does it remind me of Papa Roach. Papa Roach isn't even Papa Roach anymore, but man, it does, it, it does remind me of old school classic Papa Roach. It's a great, it's, it's a very, very catchy song. So uh, I know uh, Ronnie Radke is dating Paige or, or Soraya and job well done on the song. I think it's great. So she's in the ring. She gets in the ring. She's on the microphone. She says, I'm back. Fans chanted, welcome back. She said, it feels great to be back in the ring. She said, it's been a crazy road. And then she says, I'm damaged, but I'm not broken at the end of the day. Now, That's just one thing that was said here that really got me scratching my head. I'm damaged, but I'm not broken. She said that she's there to create change in this division. I get that. She's there to create change. And we saw a little bit of change tonight, and I'll get into that in a second. She said she was the revolution, and she still is the revolution. Fans are chanting, this is your house. She said it's hard to talk because she's so nervous because it's been a long time. She said AEW is officially her house. She said to someone off camera, I guess they were trying to give her a countdown to get out of the ring, give her time cues. You can give me time cues all you want, but I'll finish when I say so, when I'm ready. That's one of the problems within AEW. People do what the fuck they want. Then she called for the women's division to come on out. And this isn't really a good look on the women's division. And I don't know how much of this has to do with, you know, who this storyline is going to revolve around or the fact that these may be the only women there at the show tonight in Philadelphia. Tony Storm made her way out with the interim AEW Women's Championship. She was followed by Athena, Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, and Madison Ray, That's not really a good look for the women's division. Just being honest. Athena is fantastic. Willa Nightingale is all right. But she's not really AEW. She's wrestled more for Ring of Honor than she has AEW. But this is not really a good look for the women's division. These women are not a good look. The announcers wondered what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. She asked the fans to cheer for the ladies of AEW. She said she promised to make a change. She said Tony is finally being utilized to her full potential. I don't know why we need to continuously. I I, I get it. I get that this competition. I get that there's going to be references to past employers. I I wish that they wouldn't abuse that go-to. Tony is finally being utilized uh, for her full potential or to to her full potential. But she's been doing that and has been doing that before Soraya got here. She was winning matches. She's been on a streak of momentum. She won the AEW Interim Women's Championship. She defended that Women's Championship at Grand Slam last week in a fatal four-way. You were there. So why is she being used to her full potential when she's already been used to her full potential? She's the world champion. Now, we got to make fun of where she came from last. I get it. She was treated like shit. She was treated like dog shit in WWE. They didn't know what the fuck to do with her. And I still find it, I still find it utterly bizarre how you have a woman like Tony Storm and you know what that company's the, the the past administration, I should say. You know what the past administration's fucking feeling is on blondes, right? Curvy blondes. You got Tony Storm there, and, and you don't push Tony Storm. Tony Storm is not the the type of woman you want people looking at as the top of your division. I still find that so fucking weird. I mean, that's that, that that's an absolute no brainer. So when Tony Tony Khan got Tony Storm. It's almost like he he, he basically got a freebie. He basically got a jackpot for doing absolutely nothing. So fucking weird. She said, Storm is the best champion AEW has ever seen. Well, what a way to shit on Thunder Rosa and everybody else that came before Tony Storm, huh? I don't think comments like that should be made to belittle everybody else that came before Tony Storm. Not a really good look. Again, I, I, I don't get what, and, and we could sit here and fucking go over every reason why all those other women champions weren't really given a proper title run. But I don't need to sit here and listen that Tony Storm, no matter how much I love Tony Storm, I don't need to sit here and listen from Soraya that Tony Storm is the best AEW women's champion that we've ever seen. You can't really say that yet because she hasn't done really much of anything with the championship. And you're shitting on everybody else. And yes, including Britt Baker, you're shitting on everybody else that came before Tony Storm. Not a good look. Not a good look. And if you cycle back to what Jesse and I talked about, it's almost as if they don't really care about taking cheap shots at Thunder Rosa. Now she's out. And things like that should not be said while you are a champion who is still your champion right now. Tony is an interim champion. Thunder Rosa, by all accounts, is still the AEW women's champion. She's out with a back injury, and and you got Soraya out here saying that type of shit. It's almost as if AEW is pushing Thunder Rosa as the months go on and the days and the weeks go on with with her contract dwindling down, however long that contract is. They're basically pushing her out of the company, as far as I'm concerned. How many times... Do you think Thunder Rosa's listening to all the fucking pot shots and the cheap shots that the company or or Britt Baker or Paige or whoever is taking at her? It's going to take account of all of them and use that to make her ultimate decision. And believe me, Paul Levesque is going to open up his checkbook to bring Thunder Rosa in, and he's not even going to think twice about it. Not a good look, man. Not a good look. So, Brit Baker, she interrupts Soraya. She comes out with Jamie Hayter, Rebel, Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford, I don't know what she's doing out there, but she's there. I guess we needed another woman who's a heel to stand out there to uh, kind of go against everybody else that's in the ring there, standing next to Soraya. Baker's nose was taped and all bandaged up. So clearly she did have a legit injury last week, and she said that she had a broken nose after last week's match. Thanks to Athena. So she says she's not sure if she watched this show, but she is the face of the AEW women's division. She said she even put it, you know, on her back. She said she even put her neck on the line. And unlike your neck, mine's actually strong enough to handle it. So there's the second quote, the second statement made about Paige being injured. I'm, what'd she say? She said before, I'm damaged, but I'm not broken. And here we got Britt Baker saying, yeah, my neck is better than your neck. My neck, at least, could stand up and carry this division, you know, and carry it to wherever. So she's obviously making reference to Paige having a neck injury. So Baker said half the people in the room don't even know how to say her name. She made fun of the different ways her name is pronounced. Saraya, Soraya, Soraya. And Paige or, or Soraya, she is like, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's funny. You know, you can make fun of all mine or you can make fun of my name all you want. But your name rhymes with shit. Shit Baker is basically what Soraya called Britt Baker. And I can get used to that shit Baker. She said she had high hopes for her when uh, Baker rather told Storm that she respects her because Tony Storm standing there obviously laughing and giggling about what uh, Soraya said. I respect you, but I don't like you. I had high hopes for you when you first got here. She said she broke her nose to take her out of the equation. She said they're there tonight because Storm has quite the match on her hands because Serena Deeb is a tough challenger. All of a sudden, the fans started chanting, Jamie Hayter, Jamie Hayter. And Britt had to talk over all the fans chanting for Jamie Hayter. This is nothing but a good sign. Jamie Hayter is going to get her due. When it is time, Tony Khan is listening. Tony Khan is, hopefully he knows. And before before all is said and done, Jamie Hayter should be the one to take down Jade Cargill for that TBS championship. That needs to be done. It should have been Chris Statlander if she didn't get hurt. And now Statlander is going to be out for another eight, nine months. Jamie Hayter is the next best option. And it may actually bring... Jade Cargill to the best matches he's ever had in AEW. That's what I'm going with. So Rip Baker said, or <laughs> Shit Baker said, one misstep from storm, and they'll be hearing Justin Roberts announce and new, meaning Dee will be the new women's champion. Dee walked out. Soraya said she hasn't been around long, but she knows that Baker and her crew do funky stuff She said she had an idea and she finally has a boss who actually listens to her. So she suggested a lumberjack match. I can't fucking stand lumberjack matches. If there's two things I can't stand, it's a regular formulaic battle royal, 20-man battle royal, and I can't stand lumberjack or lumberjill matches how many people cry how many fucking how many snowflakes on twitter cried that they call this a lumberjack match and not a lumberjill match number 1 number 2 i can't stand fucking lumberjack matches they all end up being the same cheesy formulaic cringe way every single time i can't stand it Soraya says she wants to be the change for the division. I get it. We saw change already. We saw change tonight. The ladies got 20 minutes instead of getting 10. They got double the amount of time tonight. They got a promo. No matter, how, what, you, no matter what you guys thought of it, or no matter how, how good it was or how shit it was, they got a promo. Soraya got a promo, right? We got all the ladies involved, feeding off of Soraya being there. She's the change that the division needed, right? She's the revolution. So they're all there and they're all standing next to her trying to get that little, little subtle rub, right? This is the division now led by Soraya. It's going to be more than just her in the ring on the microphone. I don't know what you guys felt, but I felt with the two things that were said here about her neck I'm damaged, but I'm not broken. And Britt Baker made fun of her neck. At least I got my neck, and it's good enough to carry this division unlike yours. Two statements made about her neck. She's out there making matches on behalf of Tony Khan for the women's division. And then she does everything to avoid confrontation. She goes right up the aisle. She bobs and weaves around everybody, makes sure that she doesn't touch anybody. She sits by the commentary desk. She's on commentary for this match. And she is not a lumberjack. She made the match, but she's not a lumberjack. Even Britt Baker with a broken nose was out there as a lumberjack for this Tony Storm and Serena Deeb match. Soraya made the match, and she's not a part of it. Change. I see the change, but is it going to be enough? I got a sense from everything we saw tonight that this woman is not cleared to wrestle at all. She's not cleared to go whatsoever. And I said this last week. If she's not cleared to go and you're banking on her or gambling, I should say, you're taking a huge fucking gamble on hoping that she's cleared. And they signed this woman for three years. Tony Khan signed her to a lot of money. I'm assuming they signed her to a lot of money. Paige, free agent in July, or Soraya, free agent in July. This is coming from Feifel. Feifel heard that AEW made a contact with Soraya not long after she hit free agency. There was word as far back as Starcast Weekend that AEW had interest in bringing her in. Many details weren't known until last week. Sources familiar... With the situation, tell Fightful Select that Soraya has agreed to a three-year contract with AEW. Fightful says, we are not sure if there is an option at play here, as is often with the case with AEW. However, we're told for the amount of money it was signed for, largely implies that she'll be wrestling in some capacity. Now, we haven't been given any indication of whether or not she's been cleared, But she is set to speak and did speak tonight on Dynamite. And we got what we got with Soraya. I don't know what you guys saw. I don't know what you guys felt. But I honestly looked at somebody that is not cleared to wrestle. She did everything to avoid any contact whatsoever. And yes, we may need to remain vigilant and patient. But she's out there making matches saying that she's changed and that she's the face of the revolution. I get that. But if she's not cleared to go, it's not going to be the type of revolution that the company needs, and it's not going to be the type of change that the company ultimately needs. It will be change, but it's not going to be changed drastically from what we see already on week-to-week television with AEW. Now, if she's not cleared to go, I don't know when she will be cleared, and if it's you know, a long extended period of time, that's truly a gamble for Tony Khan to take. And he's ultimately banking on Soraya and the fact that she is one of the pieces to the WWE women's revolution. He's banking on her name value to change the direction of the women's division in AEW. I don't know how long that's going to be a realistic possibility for Tony Khan. I don't know if that's going to be a good move, ultimately, for the division. Her name value is only going to take her so far and take that division so far. Because right now, from the outside, looking in from my POV, it looks like that management and Tony Khan brought her in because of the name value or, or whatever name value she has left. They brought her in because of her name value to push along the women's division to make it seem like it's getting better, to make it seem like there's change, but that's the extent of it. Change is going to be so much more than sending Soraya out there to make matches and speak on behalf of the division and be a face, you know, as as a figure, a face of the division. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take a mixture of that and management. She's not going to be able to do what you need her to do She's not going to be able to do what the division needs her to do by holding a microphone and not getting in there and wrestling. And we don't know when she'll wrestle. We don't know how she's going to wrestle. We don't know if she's been training, what she's capable of, what she's not capable of. All of this is a huge gamble. I'm not saying that I'm not happy she's here. But I'm going to go back and tell you exactly what I said on Wednesday. How much of this is Tony Khan genuinely wanting to make the women's division better? And how much of it is, ha, 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 fuck you, Paul Levesque. Because you know for a fact that with Triple H in charge, if Paige was able to be cleared to wrestle for WWE, Triple H would have already been on the phone with her fucking one hour into his creative, head of creative decision, uh, role, position. And a decision would be made on bringing her back. I don't know why that was not... On anybody's lips this week. She looks great. She sounds great. She looks fantastic. But I want you to keep this in mind: how much of it is Tony Khan wanting to make genuinely the division better, and how much of it is a chess move? Ha ha ha! Yeah, you know, you're bringing back all your uh, ex NXT guys, right? Bray Wyatt and Sasha Banks and Hit Row and Braun Strowman, Johnny Gargano, right? Candice LeRae, bringing back all these all these names. Now, I got one that you can't have, and it's the face of your women's division. Face of the revolution. But don't you think, Triple H, if she was ready to go, don't you think Paul Levesque would have been on the phone with her to bring her back? The fact that he wasn't throws up a huge red flag and throws up a, I don't think this woman's going to be cleared, and she's not going to be cleared for a very, very, very long time. She sounds great. She looks great. Everything about her is great. But... It's gonna be more than just her being on television, making lumberjack matches and cutting a promo about change. You gotta phys at some point, you're gonna have to physically get in there and start facilitating change. She's not gonna I don't expect her to wrestle every fucking week like John Moxley. I would not want her to do that. She's gonna wrestle if she does wrestle, she's basically gonna have a Brock Lesnar type schedule. She's gonna wrestle two or three times a year. She's gonna wrestle the biggest names. She's gonna wrestle Tony Storm. She's gonna wrestle Britt Baker, Jay Cargill, whoever the case may be. That's it. I just am very, very cautious about the women's division. But yes, change. For one night, 20 minutes, we got double the amount of time for the women's division on this dynamite. For one night, because of Hurricane Ian and a depleted roster that could not make it to Philadelphia. More more than likely because travel advisories and travel issues, right? We got 20 minutes. We got change tonight. I want to see if that continues going forward with Soraya now in AEW. So we got Tony Storm and Serena Deeb, Lumberjack match. Don't really care about the Lumberjack match stipulation, but I'm not going to let it take away from what I thought was a very good match between these two. They went almost 10 minutes, 11 minutes. Deeb was in control. Hater knocked Storm over at ringside. Sky Blue, who was one of the lumberjacks, comes over, ran over. Hater knocked her down. Willow Nightingale then gets involved, chased Hater to the back, and they had a fucking sprint up the aisleway into the back. They disappeared. It is now Jamie Hitter versus Willow Nightingale on Rampage Friday. Deeb is in the ring working over Storm. She's got a half crab on Tony Storm. Tony Storm reached the bottom rope, forced a break. Athena and Baker are arguing at ringside. Storm landed a top rope crossbody. deep rolled through and then applied a single leg crab after the roll, uh, roll through of the crossbody. Storm upkicked to escape and then landed a sweet, uh, sweet chic music in the corner. Deep scored a quick, t- I guess that's what, uh, you know, never mind. I'm not even... Uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to say it, man. I'm not even going to say it, man. But you know, you know he's rock hard. I, I get it. I get it. You know it, man. You know it. Um, so we got the sweet, cheek music, right? Deep scored a quick two count with a jackknife cover. Storm came right back with a sudden storm zero for a very close near fall. Deeb took Storm down with a dragon screw, which looked ridiculous. Uh, Storm uh, is fighting back. They're up on the top rope now. They're going for something. All of a sudden, she does a fucking second rope pile driver for the one, two, three, and that was it. Excellent match for the two ladies. An excellent TV uh, women's match here between Tony Storm and Serena Deeb. Uh, The the women's segment beforehand was a little rough. I got uh, a lot of questions about it. I'm still very overly cautious about Soraya being back, but it's great to see her. I'm happy she's there. We'll see. We'll see. There's uh, a lot of uh, what-ifs and a lot of questions revolving around the women's division. It's going to take some time, and I hope that I am put at ease, and my worries and my cautious feeling is dumbed down as the weeks go on. But you cannot blame me and everybody else for wondering what the genuine feeling about this is, what the overall feeling about this is. You can't blame me. The women's division has been largely terrible for the last three years. Champions have not looked good. They haven't felt good. Uh, Stories have been lacking. Is all of this going to change with her now being involved? I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Moving on. Tony Schiavone interviewed The Acclaimed and Daddy ass backstage. Gunn said next week on Dynamite, it is National Scissoring Day. Max Caster said they'll do the chant all night. Caster said they have an open challenge for Friday on Rampage to defend their titles. All of a sudden, Keith Lee walks in and said Swerve Strickland is exceptionally disgruntled. Yes, not with The Acclaimed. He's disgruntled with Keith Lee. Because Billy cost them the titles. He looked at Max and Bowens and said, you boys got carried. Good luck. Billy then told Keith Lee to tell Swerve, I got two words for him. scissor me. And he laughed at Keith Lee as Keith Lee walked away. Andrade. Andrade interrupted an argument between Private Party, Butcher, and Blade. This is what we got Andrade doing on Wednesday nights. What a fucking shame. After rumors of Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black, Brody King, Miro, Andrade, we got Andrade still involved with private party. Why? Why is Andrade involved with private party? How difficult is it? To get Andrade on television. How difficult is it to get Andrade with a mouthpiece that's not fucking Jose with his fucking iPad? Andrade needs a manager. Andrade needs somebody. Ric Flair, a beautiful fucking Latina. Something, something that brings us back to what he did in NXT. Because right now, this shit ain't working. I don't know what the fuck he's got to do with Private Party. I don't know what the fuck he's got to do with Butcher and Blade. Uh, I don't know. How difficult is it to book Andrade? This guy should be TNT champion. Easy. Easy. Woodlow has opponents out the ass. And we are not getting anything here. Nothing. So... Jose told Private Party to listen to Andrade. He then left with Butcher and Blade. Matt Hardy walked in and told Private Party that they've always been connected, he and Private Party. He said Andrade is worse for their careers than big money Matt ever was. And he pitched getting back together this time to do it right. Again, I don't really care. I, I, I don't really care. We, we, you're asking me. You're asking, I don't give a fuck what version of Matt Hardy is going to be Managing or associated with private. You did it once and it went nowhere. You're going to do it again and you're going to ask me to care? I'm sorry, I can't commit myself to that again. It's not even Matt Hardy's fault. It's not. Are we going to see a new private party? I love both Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. I do. I do. I think they're both great and the potential is fucking there. But how much of it his private party, and their fault. Everybody's pointing the finger of blame at Matt Hardy. It's not his fault. It's Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. I want you to look at private party and ask yourself, have they gotten better since the day one of the AEW Tag Team Title Tournament? They were put over the young bucks in the inaugural AEW Tag Team Title Tournament. Are they better now than they were then? The answer is no. No, they haven't changed anything. They haven't gotten better. They haven't upped their game in any way. Their gimmicks are largely the same. They should be a little bit more mature than they were then. We're still seeing the same. I'm still looking at the same private party that I saw in in House of Glory. It's basically what they did in Hog. This is now 2022. We're going into 2023, and you're asking me to care about the same private party that we've seen. There's been absolutely no change whatsoever. At some point, you're going to have to give up the fucking party lifestyle and the fucking uh, cranberry and vodka. And you got, you know, this this is the best analogy for me to use for private party. And I love both guys. At some point, you're going to have to give up the cranberry and vodka and going into the fucking nightclubs with DJ Paulie D or whoever the fuck you guys listen to nowadays. And you're going to have to give it up to go into a fucking nice speakeasy and a nice old-fashioned fucking cocktail bar with a mixologist who's got one of them handlebar mustaches. He's shaking the fucking things and making six shrinks at the same time. You're going to have to give up that party lifestyle, and you're going to have to put the suits on, and you're going to have to sit down and have yourself a nice fucking Manhattan or a nice fucking old-fashioned. It's the best way for me to put it, as far as analogies are concerned about private party. And they haven't gotten there. They haven't. And I'm not going to care about them in AEW until I see some fucking progression. And there isn't no progression. And Matt Hardy joining the ranks again isn't really what I call progression. Ricky Starks, he went one-on-one with Eli Isom. One minute. Starks wins with the Rochambeau. Basically just a very quick way to get Ricky Starks on TV after he had a successful win over Will Hobbs on Friday's Grand Slam Rampage. Listen, man, I, I, I think, I listen, Paulie D is a, is a swell guy, man, really. I've watched a couple of uh, double shot of love episodes with uh, Paulie D and Vinny, all right? I, I, I know, man. I'd have a cold beverage with Paulie D, always. Chris Jericho and Bandito. Ring of Honor World Championship match. We already went over why Chris Jericho is the right choice for the Ring of Honor Championship. I do not need to repeat myself. This was a great match. This was a banger of a match. Jericho is so fucking good, man. He could work with anybody legitimately. He is so good. So... Bobby Cruz, he does the Ring of Honor ring introductions. Ian Riccoboni is on commentary. Jericho did not give Bandito the coat of honor. He did some fucking weird uh, one of these deals. He was giving him like a half handshake, and then he gave him the middle finger. This is why Jericho is one of the greatest of all time. So Jericho, at the start of this thing, he flipped off Bandito, some strikes early. Bandito used his speed. Took Jericho to the outside with a tope over the top rope. Twisting body press. Bandito hit a big spinning reverse cross body off the top. Again, Jericho rolls to the outside. He groups Jericho. Quickly regained control on the floor and started wrestling the match the way he usually wants to wrestle a match. Brawling. Bandito answered with a gorilla press over his head for two. And we got Bandito in the middle of this match doing a... It's not. I don't even know if I could call it a stalling suplex. This was fucking way beyond stalling. Crowd counted to at least 60. And at one point, he had Jericho up in a vertical suplex, and he was one-handed at one point. And then Jericho was like, you know, if if I could visualize for you guys, a vertical suplex is this way, right? Jericho was like this way, and then by the end of it, Jericho was basically this way. But Bandito held him up, Crowd counted to at least 60, dropped him down with the vertical suplex. Both guys got a standing ovation. It was fucking great. I love that spot. It is super impressive by Bandito. Bandito did an Eddie Guerrero shimmy, hit a big frog splash for a two-count. Jericho hit a flapjack. He took control of the match. Multiple clotheslines by Jericho. Bandito starts coming back again, got a front suplex on Jericho out of the corner. And uh, he dove right into a code breaker off the top. Jericho went for cover, gets a two count. Both men on the apron now had a brief little back and forth. Bandito hit a hurricanrana off of the apron to the floor. We get them battling now, and this is Bandito going back and forth with Jericho. Bandito he started to lose steam. He gets down to his knees until. He counters Jericho's springboard corner dropkick into a sunset flip for a two-count. Bandito then misses a the dropkick. Jericho hit a lion salt. Bandito floated over a larry attempt into a snap crucifix bomb. Jericho countered uh, a big knee into the walls of Jericho. Bandito got the ropes to stop the walls of Jericho. This is the walls, the Boston Crab walls, okay? So he gets the bottom rope. He rolled to the apron. Jericho suplexed him back into the ring from the apron. Bandito cut off Jericho on the top rope. Hit a revolution fly off the top for an incredibly close two count. Bandito hit the big knee. And then, I love this finish, man. He calls it the 21-plex. Unbelievable spot at the end of the match. A really believable near fall, even though nobody expected Jericho to lose the title already. Jericho then, Bandito was bleeding through the mask, so I don't know what was wrong with him. Now, even Bandito, you can't even see his face. He's fucking visibly bleeding on dynamite. It's fucking crazy. I don't know if he broke his nose or if he bit his lip or fucking bleeding from the mouth, but his his mask was red. And I love Bandito's mask, man. It looks like a fucking Western bank robber, right? So uh, he's bleeding through the mask, and Jericho starts eye-poking Bandito and pulling out Bandito's mask. So he pulls Bandito's mask over his eyes. He can't see. Bandito countered the walls of Jericho with a small package, blinded. Jericho pulled Bandito's legs and got the walls of Jericho, uh, which is uh, the other version, which is the lion tamer. Basically, this was the lion tamer, the old-school lion tamer, and that was it. Bandito tapped out, and they ended up having an excellent main event for the Ring of Honor title, and Jericho retains the Ring of Honor title. After the match was over, this was fantastic. One of the best parts of the uh, the show— Jericho called Bobby Cruz in the ring, the Ring of Honor ring announcer. He got in the ring, he announced him as the winner and still Ring of Honor champion. Jericho had Bobby Cruz raise his arm and he held his arm up and in the other arm, Jericho held the belt up. Cruz looked confused. Jericho told them to cut the music. He said, the Ring of Jericho reign has begun. He says he's going to desecrate the Ring of Honor legacy and destroy its legend, He said he'll beat every great champion that they have ever had that has ever held this Ring of Honor or Ring of Jericho title. And he's going to continue with Brian Danielson on October 12th in his home country of Toronto. I didn't know Toronto was a country. It's a city. He said he'll destroy every Ring of Honor champion, commentator, referee, and ring announcer. Jericho looked at Bobby Cruz. He kicked him in the gut. He hit the Judas effect. Cruz went down. Excalibur ended the show by calling Jericho and his actions disgusting. This was a great match. And I love that Jericho, this is, this is exactly why Tony Khan made him the ring of, this is going to bring instant eyes and interest to the ring of honor championship. And it makes me wonder on top of what I said about Jericho being the ring of honor champion and bringing name value to the brand and the title and to get Daniel Garcia over clearly, because this is what this was for. I wonder how much of the negotiations really are speeding up and where the negotiations are for Ring of Honor and a TV deal and a TV show happening within the next six to nine months. I wonder what's going to happen. Do we get something before the fall? Do we get an announcement in the fall? Do we get something happening at the start of the new year? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting thing to keep an eye on. And I thought what Jericho did with Bandito was fucking fantastic. I thought they had a banger of a match. This was a fun episode. Was it a great episode? No. It was not a great episode. It was a fun episode. It was one of those episodes that, you know, is serviceable, gets you to the next week. But like I said, Hurricane Ian is taking its toll on Florida, and I'm assuming most of the talent is in Florida and in Jacksonville, and that really gave Tony Khan a little bit of a hard time to book the show the way he probably intended to book the show, which was not what he intended tonight. So that's that. Uh, As far as what's happening on uh, Rampage on Friday, we are getting John Silver versus Roosh. That should be fun. Acclaimed will defend against Butcher and Blade and Private Party in a triple threat match. Willow Nightingale versus Jamie Hander. Hook will appear and Lee Moriarty versus Fuego Del Sol. I will not be reviewing Rampage on Friday. I will be live on Friday at 10.20 for SmackDown only. AEW next week. This is the anniversary show. This is MJF versus Wheeler Yuta. Should be great. National Scissoring Day with the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Luchasaurus will be in action. Darby Allen versus Jay Lethal. And Brian Danielson with Daniel Garcia against Jericho and Sammy Guevara. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it, guys. And that's all I got for you. And I hope you enjoyed the post-show tonight and everything that I had to say. Nice, relaxing episode. No over-the-top yelling. No boisterous rants. It's my type of show, man. Make sure you guys get those super chats in, man. We're going to hang out. I got my cold beverage. It's still ice cold. Get them on in. We'll hang out. Let me know what you thought of Rampage or uh, Dynamite, I should say. Let me know. If you want to tell me what you thought of Rampage uh, last week, let me know. Let me know what you think of all the top stories this week. Sound off, man. Ask me anything you want. Super chats are open. Memberships are open, man. Get them on in. I'd love to hit 700 members. We got some new emotes coming, man. Next couple weeks, week and a half, I should say. New emotes, new badges should be really, really fun, man. You guys are going to have fun with these new emotes and new badges. Get those thumbs up, man. I only see 751 likes, man. We have 2,300 in the venue tonight. I need 1,000 likes minimum. the fuck is wrong with you guys, man? Hit the thumbs up. Tonight's show sponsored by Manscapes. We are now in week three of the NFL season, man. I believe week three, right? Week three of the NFL season. Football is back. Everybody's fucking having a great time. We're back seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls, or Tom Brady, or whoever your team's quarterback is, man. Sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped, state-of-the-art tech, man, will have your weapon more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, man, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men who have signed up and used Manscaped, trusted Manscaped. Proud sponsor of the podcast, Manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off, man. The Platinum Package is what we're going for, man. At quarterback, the Lawn Mower 4.0, it's their state-of-the-art trimmer, man. Unbelievable. It's the MVP of the Platinum Package. Running back, we got the Weed Whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. The offensive line, the Crop Preserver, Baldiora, and Crop Reviver, ball Owner. At Out, we got the cleanest duo in the league, man. The Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. And they smell good, man. At tight end, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And on defense, man, the Aluminum Free Premium Ultra Deodorant. And to top it off, man, we got the best coach in the league... The Shed Travel Bag to keep all your shit nice and organized. That's the free bonus here, man. That's got a Super Bowl-winning roster written all over it. So make sure you guys sign up, man. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off free shipping. And Manscaped is going to be your MVP all season long. Getting into the Super Chats, guys. I want to start at the top here. We got uh, Joseph Taylor. Joseph Taylor's got a very good question, man. $2 Super Chat. He asks me, what are my top five Slipknot songs? It's a good question, Joseph. I got to give it to you, man. I I like the feeling of this question. Slipknot's got a new album out on Friday, by the way. How do I know that? I know it. I got a, a close-eyed and an ear on music. My favorite type of music, anyway. Alter Bridge, October 14th. Can't wait for that. Uh, my favorite Slipknot songs. Number one, Disaster Piece; Number two, People Equal Shit. Number three, Sick. Number four, Eyeless. And number five, I would probably say... It's a toss-up, man. I like Unsainted. I like Metabolic off of Iowa. I like... Everything Ends off of Iowa. I like the Heretic Anthem off of Iowa. Iowa's their best album. I like Surfacing. I like Wait and Bleed. There's a a lot of good songs, man. But uh, Disaster Peace and People Equal Shit are my two favorite songs. Captain Solo. Uh, No, that was was on Monday. Captain Solo, what's up, bro? Favorite arcade game, WrestleMania, the arcade game, and Marvel vs. Capcom, number one. And... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Um, Tony Brown with a four ninety nine super chat. Tasty Soraya, yes, she looks beautiful. Joseph Taylor with a five dollar super chat. Juice Robinson versus Adam Cole, Kenny Omega, Claudio, MJF, Malachi Black, Hangman Page. Take my money if he signs with AEW. Joseph, you're uh, you're getting a little, a little too excited there, bro. A little too excited there, man. I I, I don't really care to see Juice Robinson against any of those guys. Angel Alaga with a $100 super chat. Angel Alaga. Thank you so much, brother. MVP of the streams, Angel Alaga. J.D., love your streams. Hope Jesse gets better. I went through some rough weeks with my father being very sick. As always... You make the days more enjoyable with your insights and humor. Angel, cheers to you, brother. And I need everybody in the chat, man. I need everybody in the OTS venue right now to put up those prayer emojis for Angel Alaga. We love you, Angel. We'll be here as always, man, every single week. No matter what. Ruben Barber with a $10 Super Chat. AEW gets an A-minus. Good show. The Philly crowd was up and down at times. Soraya was awesome, but... One called out the ladies. Where was our TBSN ROH women's champions? Uh, Ruben, I don't know if you are aware, man. There's a fucking hurricane going on. We, we don't know where Jade is. Jade, I'm assuming, lives in Florida. There's bigger things to worry about than showing up in a fucking AEW dynamite segment with sky blue. Nate, the head of Talent TV, three-month recommitment to the VIP club. Thank you, Nate. It's been a year. Eva Marie Dewdrop really, really misses you. Jesse said you went to a wonderful place called Impact. I'm in Florida with the hurricane. Uh, Nate, good luck with that, bro. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best there, man. Prayers and love, for sure. Uh, And uh, Jesse, uh, he must be on some type of fucking drowsy medication man me in impact me in the impact zone <laughs> oh man no nobody watches impact man give me a break you guys you guys are some fucking comedians man really seriously isa's in the chat isa what's going on shout out to isa too man isa has been uh Having a tough time in Puerto Rico. They had their own little fucking hurricane situation. Hopefully uh, hopefully things are are, are somewhat in recovery mode there. And then Issa has had a a very, very stressful month with uh, the health of her mom, which I hope she's doing good. And I hope she's on the the mend and and the road to recovery is happening there as as well. We love Issa. So prayers for Issa. Prayers and some heart emojis for Issa in the chat. The NYC Demon Diva. Uh, I know she, she super chatted as well. She said, uh, I don't know what's worse. to speaking or MJF in a Mets jersey, both gross. Hi, JD. Yeah, Isa. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the Mets, the Mets jerseys. And, uh, listen, I get why he did it, but, uh. I also don't like that I have to play these three games and the the division's on the line. I I don't don't like that feeling. Braves need to take two out of three here from the Mets. They they need to take two out of three. It's crazy. Actually, actually, I think the Braves need to fucking sweep to win the division, right? If they take Friday, if they take uh, tomorrow, then they're tied because they're one game out now. Then they take, yeah, the, Bra- the Braves need to. The Braves need to sweep to win the division. It's crazy. I don't know. Either way you look at it, man, I'm pretty confident the Braves will be in the next round anyway. They just got to have an extra step if they don't win the division. Um, what am I playing here? Uh, rage! I'm gonna uh, rage! I'm gonna have to actually get the fuck out. Raging girl gamer! I'm gonna need you to get the fuck out. Get out! Oh, get around. Get around. Now we love rage. We love rage. Um, Jim Cornette with a 4.99 super chat. Uh, just recently lost my fur babies. Monday and Tuesday. I can't stop crying. I haven't been able to do anything. Please keep me in your prayers, OTS family. Corny. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. Uh, I know how that feels, man. Thoughts and prayers and love, man, to you, man. That sucks. Uh, ECW Hardcore 07 with a $20 super chat. Thank you, ECW. This dynamite was a write-off. The hurricane won't put over TK tonight. People need to give Jericho his flowers. Those dorks at Fightful don't like Jericho because of his political views. Nobody watches these geeks. OTS for life. Well, fuck Fightful. I don't give a fuck what their political views are, man. That shit should not deter them from valuing Chris Jericho. I saw I saw some people in SAP's thread claiming that uh, Luigi Primo was uh, is an anti-vaxer, so everybody was hating on him. Oh, I'm sorry. When did this When did this make a good person and a bad person? <laughs> oh man, you didn't get a shot. You're a terrible fucking human being, man. I can't I can't be friends with you. You fucking serious? How about respect other people's fucking choices, maybe? possible. Uh, Hoyt Reynalda with a eight-month membership. Thank you so much, brother, for the recommitment. Hey, JD, tonight was awesome. I'm excited to see how Paige can change the AW Women's Division. Shinobi with a six-month recommitment. What's up, JD? Pretty excited to see Bray return soon. Hope you're doing well, and cheers to the OTS family. Bray will be back. He obviously is back. The White Rabbit. Who do you think the White Rabbit is? Um, JP5150 with a $10 super chat. JD, I'm not sure who to trust in regards to booking the women's division. Soraya speaks about change and the division in the division, but we need legit proof for change. Like the syrup for old, passion, old fashions at the venue. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're going to need more than just her making Lumberjack matches, bro. Scorpion with a new membership. Scorpion, what is up, brother? Thank you so much, man. MGM Bolin With a $4.99 Superjack. Sap compared Daddy Magic to Macho Man. I like Matt Menard, but absolutely not. I'm pretty convinced that SAP says shit simply for a reaction. There's absolutely nothing the man says that he could fucking take as serious. I don't understand. That. I, I, who's who's comparing who current day to Macho Man Randy Savage? Are you fucking kidding me? It's ridiculous. Drizzy drew with a four ninety nine super chat. Feels like Soraya. Getting a Sony Deville role as division ambassador slash GM. And will probably wrestle a Sting-like schedule only on important occasions. Yes. That's what it definitely felt like tonight. The Three Kings with a three-month recommitment. Thank you, brother. Prayers to all the OTS fans facing the hurricane right now. Absolutely. Drizzy Drew with another 499 Super Chat. Also feels like we are getting Team Baker versus Team Soraya with all the women branching off into several separate feuds with two teams. I mean, if Soraya's team is uh what we saw tonight, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Uh give me something else completely. Steven Trent with a new membership. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, Stephen Trent? Roddy Trent with a $4.99 Super Chat. Just became a member this evening. But I've been watching you for years. Appreciate all your hard work. That main event was a banger. Jericho is the GOAT. Absolutely he is. And uh, Roddy, thank you, brother. Uh, You're going to get seven new emotes coming your way in about a week and a half. On top of the ones that you got now. James with a $10 Super Chat. I can't believe... I cannot hear the Ocho without thinking... Of Average Joe's GYM, or I'm the only one. Also, Jerry, I sent you a PM on Instagram. I will check it out, bro. I'm not usually on the uh, IG during the day. Uh, Gary Gordon with a $5 Super Jack prayers. Not necessarily for me, but for all affected by Hurricane Ian. Major damage, flooding, Tampa. Did get spared. Well, that's good. That is good. Scenario of the $5 Super Chat. What's up, JD? What are your favorite Martin Scorsese movies? I don't have any, bro. I don't have any Martin Scorsese movies that are really uh, key favorites of mine. For the love of wrestling with a 20-month recommitment. Thank you, brother. Uh, Just a quick hey to the best podcast in the IWC. I will catch the replay in the morning. Thank you, sir. Tenario with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Have you ever played any PC games like Doom, Diablo, or StarCraft? Yes. My dad got us hooked on Doom at a very young age. Doom and Quake were the games that we grew up with on PC. Michael Raymond with a $5 super chat. What if uh, Luigi Primo climbed the world tree and found the god Mimir? But if Mimir gave him the training to defeat Satnam Singh, would we get a pizza party? Bro, Luigi Primo needs to start spreading that sauce on the fucking dough, man, and go easy on the goddamn fucking mozzarella, man. I don't like an overly cheesy pizza, okay? Gotta be equal cheese to equal sauce. I don't like too much cheese, and I don't like too much sauce. One or the other. Jacob Donnelly. Wasted opportunity not to put Orange Cassidy and Juice Robinson on screen. Get it. Orange Juice? Well, I mean, Jacob, you know, Juice is rock hard. So, uh, I, I don't know if he'd actually go well with Orange Cassidy. He's rock hard. I I, I don't know what uh, Juice Robinson's problems. Uh, T-Mac with a $5 super chat. Glad the announcer's corrected the pronunciation of Saraya's name tonight. In my opinion, the ultimate disrespect is to purposely pronounce someone's name. Uh, so, T-Mac, you're against me pro- uh, mispronouncing uh, Doe Drop. What, what is her name? I can't. I, I, somehow, I always forget it, man. What What is her name? Eh, uh, Trash. Nikki Trash is her name, right? Yes. I'm sorry, man. I I, I don't know what's I don't know what's gotten into. Me. You mean that? Come on, T-Mac. Um We got Anonymous leaving a 13-month recommitment. Thank you, whoever that is. T-Mac with $2 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. Uh Man of a Thousand and Five Holds, $2 Super Chat. Better promo, Yuda or Anna J. Gonna say Anna J because uh, she's much more enjoyable to look at. Um, Hurley, two dollar super J. Hey JD, what's up? What's up, Hurley? Gyro Gonzalez with a Mexican pesos in fifty. I'm so proud that the young, talented luchador that came often to my town and wrestles for the minimum now in the big leagues. Tendido, Como, Bandito. Bandito's awesome. Joseph Taylor, Fight a 5 Sleep Jet. My three Papa Roach songs are Born for Greatness, Less Les, Les Resort, and To Be Loved. Yeah, I don't have a top three uh, Papa Roach songs. Israel with a 17th month recommitment. Thank you, brother. MJF is great, and he was sure missed. He was sure missed, and it will be interesting to see if my Mets don't choke up the division to your Braves again. soraya looks good. Don't worry, the Mets are going to win the division. I'm sure the Braves will fucking find a way to choke. Uh, Philip Newton with a nine ninety nine super chat. Tonight's dynamite was epic. JD, that women's lumberjack match was chef's kiss. No, it was not. Philip, I don't know what the fuck you watch, bro. The lumberjack match stipulation sucks. The match itself was fine. Israel with a $5 Superjack. You're right, JD. It's like Thunder Rosa was never there. She's getting the short end of the stick, and Triple H will sign her away from TK. Philip Newton 9 the 999. I may disagree with your opinion about Yuda, but I respect your opinion, JD. He does need practice. Yuda sucks on a promo, bro. There's nothing to disagree with there. Uh, Diesel, thirty two ninety with a new membership. Thank you, Diesel. What are you drinking, bro? Hoodlum with a four ninety nine super chat. For Soraya, hopefully it's a build-up to her competing. Won't make sense for her to be there and not wrestle. Keep killing it, JD. You're right. It won't make sense for her to be there. Indigo. He's got his gold microphone there. Look at that shit. 27 months. Hey, JD. 25 months. I see 27, bro. You're shortchanging yourself two months, man. Holy shit, this is awesome! Thank you for all the hard work all through September. Been going through a lot, but I'll always support you. Much respect, Indigo. Thank you so much, brother. Sucks that I missed you from uh, last week's meet and greet, man. Nike only with a one ninety nine super chat. Should I sit nosebleed seats for Rumble? It's pricey. No, I'd stay home. Uh, Jose Jacob Your mother was wrong When she left out the fucking seasoning in the pasta sauce bro And then claimed that it was the best sauce That she's ever had Tell your mother to get back into fucking shape bro She's too fat to be Waddling around the kitchen Cooking me fucking tasteless pasta sauce Might as well leave it to me man I'm a fucking wizard in the kitchen fucking clown. Bizzle. Bizzle is back with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Joseph Taylor with a $3 Superjet. My favorite Slipknot song is Before I Forget. Joseph Taylor, your taste in Slipknot songs is not really what I would call accommodating. Give me a break, bro. Their best song is Disaster Piece." I don't give a shit what anybody says. Uh, diesel, four months. Thank you, brother. Two months since my gastric bypass and down 69 pounds. And I've lost 105 pounds since I entered the pre-surgery program over a year ago. That's that's fucking great, man. Congratulations. Does anybody have any tips for me to lose about, I would say, I would say about 10 pounds? Any tips? Maybe I should really give up drinking my old fashions. I wonder if i give up drinking for the entire month, how much weight I'd lose. Bizzle with a $2 Super Chat. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He says, scissor me, JD. No. No, I'm sorry. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I don't scissor another man. Uh, Donzel, I eat healthy, bro. I don't eat junk food. It's out of my Just burn more calories than you intake. Yes, to yes, we'll agree. Thank you so much for that riveting fucking uh, theory, bro. It's out of my Push-ups. You know, Mike, Mike, hashtag N-Y-R for life, man. Uh, I may actually try that, man. Thursday is usually my night to drink, and then maybe I'll have a drink on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you do that fucking three times a month. That's fucking uh, three, six, not 12 times a month, man. You know, uh, it, it's it's ridiculous. Give up on Magic Spoon. No, Magic Spoon is supposed to get, it's supposed to be healthy for you. Uh, Hollywood guy. Five dollars, super chat, Jay. The top five most underrated women wrestlers who should have been champ. I, I honestly can't answer that question, bro. I, I really don't know. I, I really, I really don't know. Kyrie Sane, maybe in WWE. If we're talking about WWE. Kyrie Sane, only one I could think of off the top of my head recently. Great one with an eighteen month membership. Thank you, great one. Hey brother, hope all is well. Just got home from Dynamite Rampage. It was really fun here in Philly. MJF promo was hilarious. OTS fam for life, he says. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna cut out the alcohol, man. I, I think I'm gonna cut out the. I'm gonna try and cut it out. It's gonna be tough, but I'm gonna try and cut it out. Uh, Bizzle with a $1 super chat. Thank you, bro. Uh, Grim, Hulagrim with a $10 super chat. I wasn't at my phone at the beginning, but I was told you mentioned my son being in Florida. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so thankful he got out and home safe. Really means a lot. OTS, lifer. I got you, brother. I may not comment on everything on Twitter, but I see everything. Uh, I don't drink shit beer. Jason. In the chat. No, I don't. Corona. <laughs> Fuck out of here, bro. Jesus Christ, man. Come on now. Heineken? Um, Francis Luke with a $10 super chat. Get better, Jesse. You are surely missed. No fantasy booking tonight. Just working on my ROH roster. We'll send out by singles, tag teams, factions, and women's division. And Vincent Kennedy McMahon, $2 super chat. Message deleted by Raging Girl Gamer. When rage isn't making ridiculous comments in the chat, she's actually being a beast VIP and a mod. Man, I would have to question your uh, your taste in a lot of things in life, man. If you're fucking making uh, Corona and Heineken your beverage of choice, man, give me a fucking break. That's when I have to drag you to the bar and show you how to really drink craft beer. Yes, man of a 1,005 holds. Corona is like the impact of beers, man, really. Come on. Uh, Guys, thank you for a great stream, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the membership. We've got five new members tonight, man. That's great. Next time you see me, depending on the news, we'll be tomorrow for an extra. And Friday, SmackDown, we'll be live. Hit up Manscaped, bro. Seriously, check out Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout for uh, 20% off and free shipping. Consider to hit that thumbs up. I need 1,000 likes. I know you guys to get the 1,000, but hit that thumbs up if you have not done so yet. And hit that subscribe button, man. Turn on that bell for notifications, and I'll see you guys back Friday for SmackDown. I need two things from you guys, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Number two, my VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And then I need that music on max. Guys, hopefully Jesse is back next week. Until then, thank you for everything. Thank you for a great show. And I'll see you Friday live right here for SmackDown on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.